0: That's like the best door-knocking technique mm. ever as a new contractor. I use that so much. That's so good. Because uh, I think what's Mark Sheridan said, that 80% of a buying decision mm-hmm. is done before they ever call you. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I would give anybody any tip starting out in a non-storm market, people, when they start, they want to be... This is really good. You're going to steal this. Hey,
1: how's it going? It's Tim Brown. This is the Hook Better Leads Podcast. And today I have Ethan Andy, Andy's Roofing On. And... We're talking about how to not be reliant on storms as a roofing contractor. Now, I know you've built your business pretty quick. Can you give the little synopsis, like a one-minute synopsis of
0: your business and what it's been like? So we started January 1, 2020, and by March, COVID was a big deal. And so we had to adapt to a crazy market, and uh, we've grown exponentially. Um, You know, I talked to somebody yesterday. We've got some cool certifications that you know, they're very hard to get in this industry and we've got them. And then in two and a half years, like we're projected to do 4 million this year with no storms,
1: no storms whatsoever. That's crazy. Cause I do have, I do hear a lot of people that just feel over reliant on them. They feel like if they don't have a storm, they yeah. don't have a really a business or a cash flow. And ultimately it's good for me if they figure that out. Yeah. So how have you essentially navigate it. It's kind of almost easier in a way because you, ha- you didn't have one at the beginning. I think that does mess <laughs> people up a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Even I, though it's good. <laughs> well, I would say that um, people are chase shiny objects mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And what that means is that when you first start, you need money. And yeah. so people start doing a lot of different things. And I did not have the luxury of having a lot of money when I started. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if I focused on just a few things, whatever little money I had, I could push it into those things and I could get more out of it. And so that $4 million, that's only shingle roofing, gutters, and gutter guards. Hmm. We only do three things. I don't do siding, windows, doors, whatever. And so I, I believe part of the secret is is that if you do Just a few things like that, and then you create maximum exposure in your market. So, Mm -hmm. Five Mile Famous, and then sort of from the very beginning, every roof project we did was the biggest, baddest, awesomest roofs. Now, we are very well recognized in our community for putting ourselves out there. I mean, if you focus as much on long-term branding, like truck wraps, Mm -hmm. trailers, you know, the way you dress, the way you put your brand out there, as much as you do on Mm pay-per-click ads or immediate you know, mm-hmm. money revenue, revenue generating leads, um, it will, it will start to snowball. We call yep. it the snowball. Yeah. And yeah, no. And I'm, and I love you that.
1: You think about it, make like Dimitri pushes this to just the, each job site that you do. I feel like he studies what winning roofing companies are doing and each job site being a very good. Absolutely. Job so that it, it appears from the work. You're a very good roofing company. I mean, it seems simple. But I do see a lot of messy jobs.
0: Oh, uh, There's absolutely. nothing wrong.
1: I'm not saying you're a bad company because the work could still be good, but the job's messy. But unfortunately, as a homeowner, all as we see, is messy job we don't say we don't actually see your details on the shingles as much
0: no exactly what you're saying so i'm fortunate i've got a big office and a big warehouse and all this other stuff but a lot of contractors don't so the only public presence that they have as in-home contractors is when they either go to your home so how you appear when you show up if you're professional if you look like trash and then the job site that's it yeah and to your point, I mean, you show up. There's, you know, a bunch of people on the roof. There's white unmarked vans. There's no yard sign. There's not even a guy from the company there. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I started, I wanted to be on every single job, and I waved to every neighbor. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? If you need anything, mm. like, let me know. I wanted to yeah. go talk to them. I wanted to go, you know, basically tell them, hey, I'm a young guy, and uh, if I would give anybody any tips starting out in a non-storm market. People, when they start, they want to be, this is really good, you're gonna steal this, they want to look like they're bigger than they are. Mm. But everyone likes the underdog. Mm -hmm. So instead of knocking on people's doors and saying, um, hi, you know, I'm a great, awesome roofing contractor, I'm gonna flex all these stupid certifications I probably don't really have because I just started, Why not go say, hey, I just started my business and I'm just trying to make it. I do really good work. I do have industry experience previously in the roofing industry, but I wanted to see if there's anything I can do to help you. That's good. No, people, they relate to that. Yeah. That's like the best door knocking technique Mm. ever as a new contractor. I use that so much. That's so good. Oh, yeah, because people are like, yeah, if nothing else, you know, because at that time for the first three months, I was cleaning gutters. Mm-hmm. So i go ask people if I could clean their gutters. I'd be like, hey, look, I'll, I'll do whatever, you know, like we got to make this work. But during that time, I had the end goal in mind, even farther than where we're at right now, and said, hey, look, if I'm going to clean your gutters for $150, I'm going to get a Google review. Because mm-hmm. that Google review, whether I do your 10 or $15,000 roof or your $150 gutter clean, it's still a Google review. Mm-hmm. So I'm asked probably 40 or 50 in three months. I mean, just right out of the gate. And then that gave me credibility for people that didn't know me from Adam going online and saying, who is this guy? And all they saw were these great reviews. And from there, it's just, I mean, it's snowballed. We're the highest rated roofing contractor in Southern Indiana at this point. And uh, I mean, we do good work.
1: (laughs) So you mentioned things you can do at the beginning to kind of put some money in. You found some key
0: leverage points and you pushed. What were those for you? Um, Well, you know, just basically putting yourself out there. So if people don't know you, how are they gonna like you and then trust you with their money? So if, if you know, I, I one of our core values is let your work speak for itself. Mm. So why would you not let your company's brand just speak for itself? Mm. Put it out there everywhere. Get a maximum amount of exposure, a maximum amount of impressions, all of that stuff. That way when you show up, like in in our sales process, like I talk very little about the awesome certifications and everything. We've got some of the highest certifications in the industry, top two percent of roofers, and then we just got an award the other day. Like it's the top fifteen percent of that top two percent. Mm-hmm. But when I'm with a homeowner, all they need of all that cool accolades. Like if I'm talking to another roofer, you, you know, you may want to flex and be like, oh, you go this cool thing. We talk to homeowner, they don't care other than social proof and knowing that you because of your certifications, Mm -hmm. you're gonna be able to put on a good quality project with them. So, um, just starting out, I would say, because you don't have those things, you have to play that humble card. Mm -hmm. You you can't even let your work speak for itself. You have to sell yourself Mm -hmm. on every single job, build those impressions, build that trust with every homeowner, get on those neighborhood Facebook pages and all that, and be like, hey, you know, would you please, I mean, people talk about asking for referrals. When you start out, like, you don't have a choice but to ask for referrals. Mm-hmm. I asked for referrals three or four times just in the sales process, mm-hmm. and then we did the job, and then I asked them three or four times almost obnoxiously. Then I'll send them something mm-hmm. later like a thank you box and say, hey, if yeah. you know anybody else, yeah. like, you know, like, I got to feed my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, it's, it's, I mean, you don't want to look desperate, but Man, at the, time, is the like, you are. Some, you people,
1: some people are avoiding looking desperate too
0: much. I like looking hungry. Hungry, there you, you know. Go. It's like, hey, look, man. I'm 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 gonna work harder than anybody else. I want you to know that I'm gonna hustle. I'm gonna make sure that you're the best. You know, 110 percent customer service every single time.
1: And four million in two years. I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously, like that. I, people can't listen unless they hear that you've actually crushed it. Wait, right? well, Some, sometimes. I I mean, and that I is don't... crushing it. Is, well, I
0: don't really focus on the number so yeah. much. Um, I look more at our Google reviews, yeah. our public presence, um, how well when I show up do they have, have they already heard of me before and it's starting to be every time we show up people know who we are. Mm. And that makes me feel so good. It's like all of this grind, like it's been worth it, you know.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Sales Transformation Group, the number one sales and transformation platform in the construction industry. If you're looking for new ways to professionalize your sales force and generate more profit for your business find out more at sales transformation slash hook agency
0: I mean like work until two o'clock in the morning I mean I wrote everything on our current website um, just trying to get everything dialed in um, then you get up at five and like start looking at google earth to figure out which neighborhoods you want to go yeah, look at and yeah. like see if they need gutters or something you mm-hmm. know it's but, been worth it Oh, yeah. It's been absolutely worth it. I mean, at this point, I've got a lot of people that work for me, and, uh, you know, I've got the the hustle to go and sell stuff, but now I'm learning as a leader how to motivate, how to, like, cultivate. Um, You know, I watch some of the biggest companies in the industry, and the owners, they've turned into... A mentor, almost, where mm-hmm. they're mentoring their team yeah. to be everything they can—not just in work, but in their life—and then that allows them to perform better in their work. Yeah. So um, it feels like
1: going back a little bit. I think sometimes because you have to,
0: you have to start with your people,
1: and otherwise you could be out selling something. But yep. now you got to create three salespeople. You know what I mean? Like it's, it feels like you got to come back to go forward.
0: So how well you take care of your people is how well your people take care of your customers. Mm-hmm. So if you if you aren't creating that on the inside, like I say, it always comes down from the top. You heard me speak before, and like it comes down from the owner. If mm-hmm. you don't if you don't portray that to your people, you don't have a very high ethics standard for yourself, you don't show up earlier than everybody else and, and show them the hustle and say, hey, look, here's what we stand for, you can't expect people to raise past a bar that you haven't pushed up. hmm You know? So it comes down from the top, I mean, I, I just always said, I told everybody in the office, like, hey, look, I'm gonna work every single one of you here, I don't expect you to work as hard as me, but it, I need you to give 75%, and that's 100% for most people. Mm. You know, and uh, I'm a little intense at times because I know where I'm going. I've got a three, five, ten-year plan, and all of that stuff. The way it lays out, um, the team is on board. They see the vision, like what we're gonna do with the company. And uh, you know, I haven't had to fire anybody or anything like that. When we hire people, they like I tell them right out of the gate. Um, I believe people appreciate it more when you tell them straight from the get-go. And so, like, as I grew, we would hire more people.
1: You may have to hire so to, You may have to fire a person occasionally. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I yeah, mean, yeah it's, no, it's, like, it, it's just. It's a tool, um,
0: and it can be a good one.
1: I'm just throwing well, it. Well,
0: going, going back to, like, Martin Petit, their yeah. hiring process is very long. Yeah. Because they're looking for one superstar to, to yeah. just be, like, they're not even looking for a, a, a top producer. They're looking for, a, like, a monster, like, just a yeah. rock star. You know, and uh, every person that works for me is is literally a rock star. Like they're the awesomest people, and I, I'm, you know, I'm just blessed to like be at the top and just be like, hey, look, you know, like uh, my office manager, she's way better at me than like at like ninety percent of the things that we, do. you know.
1: Do you find that that has required humility as well? Like I think it's. It's difficult hiring people and making a good impression and making somebody that's actually solid want to work for you. Yeah. So what have you found in that hiring process that allows you to get those people? you got to be real
0: with people. Yeah. And you got to hire slow. So, I mean, I would go out to lunch with these people two or three times. I would bring them in the office multiple times. I would sit down and I'd talk to them and say, hey, this, like for me, you can't, I couldn't hire anybody for a defined job role. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, one of our core values is do whatever it takes. hmm So when I would hire people like hey look I'm hiring you to be my executive assistant slash office manager slash ARAP slash you know like all these things and there are people that want and there's nothing wrong with it um, but they want a box that they work in and this is all that I have to do and I come to work and I just do this I don't have any of those type positions Mm -hmm. besides sales which is pretty well defined at this point Mm -hmm. but like you know office we're building out okay you get too many jobs now you need more production people okay now you've got produced too many things now you have too many Voices to send. Now we need to break apart accounts receivable and accounts payable. That's two different people. Yeah. So, like as you scale, these people that you hire need to be energized in the fact that we are growing. This thing is blowing up. But that means down the road that you may be doing something different. So um, you know, EOS, right people in the right seats. Yes, sir. So they may be fine doing office administrative stuff, and now you're asking them to do ARAP, and they're like, I don't I don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. so you can either move them into a different position maybe inside sales or um marketing or you know a csr type position or you know maybe you don't have that spot for somebody with a really good talent you either build a position or it may not be the right fit Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of looking down the road you know yeah for that
1: so thinking a little bit about
0: not being over reliant on
1: storms returning to that topic just what have you been able to do that makes it easier for a retail uh, job to sell like,
0: and not using those insurance proceeds? What are
1: the things that you're thinking about?
0: Um, I'm doing branding, online reviews, you yeah, just right out of the gate. You, you have to show the public because uh, I think what's Marcus Sheridan said that 80% of a buying decision is done before they ever call you. Mm-hmm. So someone referred them, then they Googled you, they read some of your reviews. I mean, the people that read our reviews, like I hear it almost every job, like, because people are becoming more educated. You don't buy anything on Amazon that you've never heard of or bought before mm-hmm. unless you scroll down, look at the pictures and the reviews and just read a few of them and all that. People have been conditioned to that. So now they're getting more educated in the sense that like they're researching companies. So as a new company, you don't have a right to not understand your public presence online. Mm-hmm. It's your biggest source of leads. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these companies, I, I see these old guys are like, no, I'm referral-based and that's it. You know, it's yeah. like, I'm pretty sure in the next five years, people's microwave mentality with Instagram and Snapchat and all that, like, it's going to be where they say, Siri Roofers near me, if I pop up. I'm gonna probably get that call, and while they try and remember who did their 15 years ago, it, and it's, it's
1: referral plus. Like it's because yeah. I, because I get a referral, I don't not look at the reviews. Yep. I don't not Google them and try to understand them. Maybe even look at them on social a little bit. Um, talk to me about financing. How does that increase the? Does that increase your close rate?
0: So with the economy right now, financing probably in the next couple of years is gonna be the single biggest. I, I mean, way that residential retail home improvement contractors are going to make it like it's the only way because if this economy starts to dip like that people are going to start holding on to their cash um two years ago or actually no last year about the middle of last year 90 percent of our work was out of pocket or home equity line of credit Hmm. they were paying cash Hmm. and now i'm watching it dip the other way Hmm. and now people are looking at payments they're talking about should I or should I not, which it used to not even be a question. Mm-hmm. And so this financing piece, whenever people know, like and trust you, and we get down to it, we explain everything to a homeowner and they're ready to use us, that last road bump, it actually it's a it's like a concrete wall, is the money. Mm-hmm. And so if I turn that money into a small roadblock slash monthly payment, then it makes, like they want to work with us. You just make that easier. And by making that easier, you look like you've got better customer service. So the guy that may not even be as good of a roofing contractor will still beat out a guy that's maybe has a much better product because they just made it easier for a homeowner. Mm.
1: Are you sick of what passes for leads these days? Not much, unless you wanna be the lowest bidder on every job. i wear a lot of hats, but search engine marketing and website, I've passed off to a Google specialized team.
0: So that, that financing piece, it's so huge. No, I mean, even here at this event, um, you know, I, I came here for the financing piece. Mm-hmm. And I know how to do it. We do it. We probably do 30% of our work as finance. Mm-hmm. And I see that going it's going to shift. It'll be 50 or 60% in the next two years. I, I mean, it's just, it's such a big deal to understand financing as a contractor.
1: Anything else that you'd say would help people
0: who feel over-reliant on storms right now to get a little less reliant? So as a retail contractor, branding is just as important as getting those leads now that you're paying for. So if you're over-reliant on those paid leads, I mean, they are a good thing. They have their place 110%. We do them. We love them. But like when there's no storm, that brand is what is going to sustain you. In a storm, that brand actually makes you even stronger because you're top of mind. Mm -hmm. So when you first start out as a new contractor, um, you you know, my first shirts, I think they were on Vistaprint, Mm. and I I got business cards. I mean, seriously, to this day, our our business cards are off Vistaprint. I mean, they're the velvet finish, nice little ones or whatever, because that's perceived quality. Yeah. So as a new contractor, you can get things that make you look like more professional, better as a contractor, and they don't really cost any more. And then focus on as a new contractor, being a new contractor that has hustle. Mm. And, and people like, it'll pull their heartstrings. If I, if, at this point, if I show up and knock on your door, and just say anything. Okay, I've got nice branded shirt, my trucks are wrapped, they look beautiful, everything's going on. And then a the guy that shows up, he maybe he looks similar to me, but then he says, hey look man, I just started, I've got a lot of hustle. I noticed you had a missing shingle. Could I get up on your roof and check this out? He's gonna emotionally hit your heart better than mm-hmm. I would because we're too big at this point in the mm-hmm. sense that like they know who I am in my market. Yeah. Whereas that guy, he can pull their heartstrings. So like new contractors, man, like throw yourself out there. Like you need to be putting out yard signs, like 50 on every job. You want everybody to know who you are. When the neighbors come out and they laugh and they just say, that's really stupid. You go, yeah, yeah, it's stupid. But now you know who I am. Yeah, You know, like you, you won, you, you got, you know, brand awareness. Yeah. So. Well,
1: I appreciate you very much for um, being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, Ethan Andy's everyone. Anything that you'd have to say, uh, call to action
0: for contractors? Um, contractors, you need a defined sales process. Um, and that sales process starts as soon as that person picks up the phone to call you uh, you need to have somebody that can answer that phone. That is the first person. I mean, Dimitri talks about the mm. first person you should hire is an office person, CSR, so customer service. You know, representative slash office administrator slash accounts receivable, accounts payable. Yeah. They're going to be yeah. all of those roles at first. And, and you know, I have people that ask me that, like, oh yeah, what do they do? And I'm like, they do everything. Like, if you're sales oriented, they do everything that you don't do. Like, they're 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 there to be your executive assistant. That's your first you, hire, huh? That's your first hire. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. So, like, as a new contractor, if you are any good at marketing or generating leads, eventually your phone will ring too many times while I'm talking to a homeowner. Yeah. And then those people, because they don't really have enough, like, they don't know you enough to call you again, and you're so busy, they're going to call somebody else. You just lost leads while you're out here hustling. So, yeah, definitely. First person I would hire is a a customer service representative slash office person slash, you know, pretty much everything else that you need them to do. Um, And and then that will allow you to be better and better and better. We've got too many chucks and trucks that think that, like, oh, yeah, I'm really good at selling. Like, well, if you're really good at selling, get somebody that can answer the phone, that can schedule your Google Calendar, that you can keep on selling. You know, like, in this it's a minute people think they're cost. being a
1: little like luxurious or something I think sometimes at the beginning they're like I'm only at 1.5 I just I don't know if I should get the person you know like but then you but it holds you back
0: yeah if anybody um, I, this is the first time anybody knows about this if anybody wants to have a serious talk like we just had a contractor come in the other day to our office and I showed him around for a whole day and taught them how I do what I do so, like, that's my ultimate goal is to get to a certain revenue number. My office manager, I'm training her as an integrator, and she will eventually be running the office mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm here for a couple of days, and I don't worry about the office. I'm getting notifications. We're selling things like crazy. So um, I'm bringing people in now and letting them see how I did what I do, kind of like what Dimitri did, mm-hmm. and just trying to help people. Because that first year, I mean, it's horrible I mean mm-hmm. it, it really is yeah. like you've got to be willing to work harder than everybody else and, and you know your friends aren't gonna understand you'll probably lose a few friends over it sure. and all that but it's um, weird you know at this point in in a little over two years I'm sitting in a totally different place like it, it's worth it it's mm-hmm. 100% worth it but without that work you know I would tell any contractor if you know if you're not gonna put in the work don't do it go work for somebody you can make a really good career in sales <laughs> any, any shout outs? Uh, I'm going to shout out to uh, Chuck Toki. So going back to that defined sales process. Um, yeah, because you
1: said that earlier. It's uh, like, how
0: did you get that? No, yeah. So you got to have that defined sales process, but there are guys in the industry, um, Chuck Toki specifically. Um, He's Chuck's right here. <laughs> know, yeah, yeah. I got him behind the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cool shout out. got um, I probably, you know, I for sure would have said that anyways, um, just because, you know, uh, if you... You know, you're just starting out, it, I don't understand how people make it with a defined sales process as an established company, but just starting out, you definitely need to have that because they need to know, like, and trust you through the whole process mm-hmm. to, in order to give you money. Well, so if people you're are scared f- to get that first other salesperson besides themselves, because oh, they don't feel
1: like they could equip them.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, just think about how much, I mean, if I the, the things I know now, how much more efficient you could have been. Mm-hmm. So if I could have hired that office person a few months sooner, and known what Chuck teaches a couple months sooner, we wouldn't be at four million right now. We'd be at five or six million. Yeah. You know, and it would just be a matter he acts of- He like four
1: million isn't a lot you know, for two and a half years. Like I, it's not, <laughs> I like you know, that. like,
0: I don't focus on the yeah. number. Seriously, like, it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, you know, like, at this point, You know, like I take the same salary and all that. Like, I'm not money motivated. So now, like the other day, I get more out of helping that contractor come in mm. and like hanging out with them and saying, you know, basically we whiteboarded with yeah. that contractor yeah. and I said, this is from the lead, this is the like there's whole piece before the lead, like the marketing piece, the branding, the pay-per-click, whatever it is, to the lead, and we went through every single thing, so when they call in the office, what do they say, you know, who schedules appointments, all that stuff, through the whole way through production, and then at the end, it was like, you know, like, okay, now take this back, and this is what it looks like as a first-year contractor, you're, you're gonna to do every one of these things yeah. you know but
1: you're gonna have people take you up on that probably from yeah, this by yeah, the way I, so i, I mean just, i hope
0: i hope that they do i mean that's like uh my it, mom was a yeah. teacher and so like i, I always wanted to teach mm-hmm. but this is the only thing that i like to do like yeah. I, I love her man. this yeah. is cool
1: all right thank you brother appreciate you being on um i'm sure people appreciate it and the podcast is put on by hookagency.com hook agency all over social Thank you for watching and listening. Bye.